Glad to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Brought to you by our friends at Growth Law Firm. Go to growthlawfirm.com, growthlawfirm.com, and uh, give them a shout. They're uh, attorneys for bikers. So if you've had uh, an injury or some issue, they can help you out. So uh, by all means, check out Growth, G-R-O-T-H, and one of the best, too, in the country, but they're right here in our own backyard, growthlaw.com, growthlawfirm.com, growthlawfirm.com, G-R-O-T-H, by the way, G-R-O-T-H. Uh, and you can go ahead and give them a shout. Tell them we sent you. Be good stuff. Uh, joining us now, talking some Bears football. Will he or will he not be playing? Kevin Fishbane of the Athletic. You can find him over on Twitter at kfishbane. Uh, joining us now on the hotline, Kevin. How you been? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So the big question is Justin Fields, obviously with the shoulder issue. They keep saying, well, if he plays with a harness, you can't injure it any worse, which I don't necessarily believe. If you get landed on or a big hit, you can. But is he going to play in this rivalry game this weekend? Yeah, you know, the fact that he was limited again yesterday and they made the move to bring in Tim Boyle, who obviously you guys know well, um, off the, the Lions practice squad as more quarterback depth, you know, it doesn't give me a ton of confidence that he's going to return this week. Um, you know, it's one thing to just go find an emergency quarterback to stash on the practice squad to be safe. It's another thing to actually sign somebody off another team's practice squad. Um, so, you know, that, that's something to kind of monitor. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, they keep saying day to day and we'll see how he looks today. And it seemed like he wanted to play Sunday. Um, if like right now at this second, I'll say my guess is no, my guess is he doesn't play, um, which would be quite the situation where it could be, it could be Tim Boyle against his former team. It could be Nathan Peterman against the Packers. Um, but I also wouldn't count Justin Fields out either, of the possibility that he progresses really well Friday and Saturday, shows up to Soldier Field Sunday feeling good and, and really wants to play and kind of pushes it a little bit. Where is this team right now? I mean, if you listen to, uh, and I do, I listen to Chicago radio, after a few of these games, it almost sounded like it was a win. It was There was a lot of excitement and thoughts. And uh, is it just the fact that the optimism is you finally, you believe you finally have a quarterback after all these years? Uh, yeah, that that that's it. It's been a strange season in that regard, right? Like, you know, we're so used to over the past few years, few decades of just these, these painful losing seasons and not having the right guy quarterback. And now fans are fans believe they got the guy and they look at the rest of the roster and they say, Okay, you know, this isn't the playoff roster, this isn't the playoff team. Let's get the best draft pick possible to kind of accelerate this rebuild because we've got the guy. But it creates a, an odd dynamic where, as you said, it, it's like there I mean, there are radio stations in town that are literally celebrating the losses. And, you know, you, you have your quarterback, and you would like to think that you want the quarterback to win. Um, you know, I think we see this a lot in all sports, right, where teams where the Bears are at, those fan bases, get very focused on roster building and the best way to build the roster is for the drafts so you get focused on draft pick. You know, tanking has become, you know, more accepted in today's day and, and it's it's something that fans root for. Um, but usually in the NFL, fan bases who do that 
are fan bases that don't have a quarterback that are comfortable with their team losing uh, because they want to draft the best quarterback possible. Here, Bears fans believe they have the guy, and they're okay that he's not leading these four-quarter winning drives because it's going to help them get a better draft pick. So it's a bit of an odd situation. Like, I'm in the I'm of the mind that I get it. Like, yes, having the number two or number three pick is a massive difference potentially than having, say, the eighth or ninth pick. But if this guy is your guy, if Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback, if he's going to be kind of the savior, you'd like to see him lead a, a game-winning drive once in a while and, and experience winning. And, and, and under, you know, Obviously, he won a lot before he got here. It's not like he needs to learn to win, but it's different in the NFL. So it's, it's been a little bit of a, a, a unique season in that regard. I, I completely agree that he is a dynamic player There's and an athletic player. We hear so much about athletic players. It still doesn't deter from the fact that they are the worst passing team in the National Football League. And I guess my question becomes, have you really been able to determine, is he a good passing quarterback, playing quarterback, or is he a run-first quarterback who happens to throw the ball every now and then? And then, you know, because you always worry about the dynamic of, well, what happens if he gets his legs taken out from underneath him and all of a sudden he can't run anymore? Is he good enough to sustain as a pocket passer? Yeah, right now, his best attribute is his running. And, you know, that has helped get the Bears to a, a, a streak where they were scoring 29 points a game over four games. That has gotten him to these records of rushing yards. And it's opened up some things in the passing game. Um, but right now, uh, he's not somebody that's proven to be able to beat a team with his arm. And, you know, I think some people will say, well, wait, when he has better receivers, a better offensive line, a better defense, then it'll be fine, you know, because these games, some of these games have been pretty close. But you still have to be able to, you know, if a team takes the run away from you, you got to be able to counter that. And I, I, he's more than capable of doing it. Um, we just haven't seen it uh, enough. I think over the last four weeks, five, or I say probably that six-game stretch, um, he's gotten much more accurate in the short to intermediate range, which is really a struggle early on. I think that's been key. Um, but I, I keep coming back to these fourth quarter drives, right? Like th- that's where that's where you make your money. I mean, how many times, uh, you know, have you guys seen Aaron Rodgers do it? How many guys times did you guys see Brett Favre do it? Where you just knew game on the line, your guys can get it for you. Now, Justin Fields has this interesting element where he can potentially – lead those game-winning drives with his legs. He almost did it against Washington with an incredible, you know, 30-plus yard run that got them into a goal-to-go situation. Uh, and and Darnell Mooney dropped the pass, and we would have a different narrative if he had hauled that touchdown in. Um, but, you know, you, you'd like – that's kind of the next step for him, right? That's still, that's still part of his development is being able to uh, threaten teams better uh, with his arm. Uh, to kind of be that, you know, total package of quarterback. Right now, as you said, he is a dynamic athlete. He is doing things with his legs that only Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick have ever done, which is incredible company. Um, but, you know, right now, it's still kind of that, that's still kind of the lingering question is what, what is his ceiling as a passer and, and how could he get there? With him being that banged up, um, do you feel it's in the best interest of the Bears to put him on the field this weekend? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, I I really do understand both sides of the argument because, you know, 
I, I, I kind of heard you say in the lead in like, yeah, he, he could certainly injure it more and you don't want that. Um, but, but my, the other thing too, is if he rests it and gets the bye week and comes back and plays the Eagles, there's no, he can still get hit hard and, and, and hurt it again. He can get hit hard and, and injure another part of his body and be out for the year. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I think the risk is always there. And if you're so focused on getting this guy the reps he needs to continue to develop, I think it's important for him to be out there as much as possible. So I, I do look at it as it's a very simple thing for me. If he's 100%, he should play. Um, now, maybe if they were contending, you let him go if he's 85 90%. Um, and, and so I get that that's kind of the difference with where they are at in the season right now. But to me, if, if he can go – he should go ahead and play because that, that injury risk, for the, especially the way he plays, is just always going to be there. Talk with uh, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic covering the Chicago Bears game coming up this weekend, rivalry game, not, other, not much other than that really riding on this thing. So give me your thoughts uh, on just fan base feel right now. Obviously excited about maybe what the future could hold for the Bears, but the slow demise of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers coming back after the I own you comment, and – Quite possibly, it could be. I don't want to talk about it too much, but it could be the last time Aaron Rodgers appears in Soldier Field as a Green Bay Packer. Is all of that starting to be discussed down there? Yeah, it is. It's. It, it would be, um, I think, you know, when all those Aaron Rodgers rumors have been circulating over the past year and a half, um, there were a lot of Bears fans that were as excited about anything related to the Bears as they've been in a long time. You know, that's just it, it, it's a sad state of where the team is at, that if Aaron Rodgers had left Green Bay for Denver or if he had retired, it would have been the best news the Bears have had in years. Um, just the way that he has to use his word, he has owned them. Um, so this is uh, an interesting spot for him to come into Soldier Field. He said might be his last time as a Packer um, in this game. That, that you know, as, as I, I think for people in, in your spot and my spot, I, you kind of want to see Justin Fields play because you want it to be an exciting game, and it will not be an exciting game if, if Nathan Peterman or Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon um, is starting for the Bears, who are already totally undermanned with all the injuries they suffered uh, last week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, Rodgers has had a hold on this rivalry, this similar to the way Brett Favre did. Um, you know, the, the, the two teams, right, they, they have the same number of wins right now, um, and the Packers could pass them for the first time ever. Um, and and that, that's notable. Um, and, and it means a lot to the McCaskey family. It means a lot to Bears fans. So I think that there, as much as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of Bears fans that are, they want the losses. They want the draft pick. They're happy about Fields, so they're content with the losses as long as Fields is going the right direction. I think a lot of them would probably take a win over the Packers if it meant potentially upsetting Rodgers in his final game at Soldier Field. That that stuff means a lot to Bears fans, this rivalry and the fact that this guy has just dominated them for so long. The, uh, the, the, the rivalry obviously always sparks many different things on many different sides for uh, obvious reasons, being the oldest rivalry in the NFL. But Rodgers wants to play because of the rivalry. Fields wants to play because of the rivalry. Uh, both defenses not very good, uh, and I would, I'm sure there's a couple of guys that don't want to play, even if it's a rivalry game, because they've stunk it up. The Packers can't tackle, and the Bears don't seem to be able to cover too often. Uh, that's really the Achilles' heel of both of these teams, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, you know this way better than me. That the, the demise of Packers' defense has been one of the 
me, to me, one of the biggest surprises. I mean, it's just just seeing the names and seeing what they did at times last year. Um, you know, that, that's been really incredible to watch. I, I didn't expect the Bears defense to be any good. Um, now, that could come into play on Sunday, right, where maybe some of those veterans for Green Bay make big plays when they need to where the Bears don't have those guys. They just don't have game-changing players on defense. I mean, they had a defensive lineman get a sack last week to the first time in six weeks. They had a cornerback break up a pass for the first time in three weeks. Um, they're just, they just don't have guys that can change the game. They might be without Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, the Bears, um, two of their you know kind of young cornerstones for their secondary. So, uh, yeah, it, it shouldn't be if, – if Rosumi Rogers is playing, which he says he is, um, it shouldn't be too difficult for him to, to pick his spots and, and, um, and put up a lot of points. And, yeah, the Bears' run game you – know, Dan Montgomery has been really successful against the Packers in his career. Um, so, you know, the Bear, and the Bears have run blocked very well. So that could be their opportunity to try to keep this game close is if he's able to put up a big game at Soldier Field. Um, and, you know, this could, you know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So, you know, th- there's a lot riding on this for him. So that could be the w- way the Bears keep things interesting is if they're able to kind of run all over the Packers a little bit and, and try to keep Rodgers off the field. But it's hard. You know, when I think about Aaron Jones, I see what Christian Watson's doing. And I know who's on the Bears defense and what they've been doing. Last week, they made Mike White look like a Hall of Famer. Um, it's hard for me to see how they're going to stop Green Bay. Good stuff, Kevin. I will see you down there on Sunday. But thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic. You can find him at K Fishbane, K Fishbane over on Twitter. We're going to step out, take a quick break. Be, uh, be right back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A much better day today, weather-wise, than the wind and the bitter cold we had yesterday. It's cold, but it's not nearly as bone-chilling as it was yesterday. Sun is out. Not a bad way to go. Again, it's Packers-Bears week, rivalry week. Throw the records out the window. So uh, looking forward to the game this coming weekend. A reminder that we are going to be in Chicago this weekend. If you're looking for a place to stay, head down to the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk. We're going to be there. The Green and Gold postgame show will emanate live from inside the Shy Bar inside the hotel coming up on Sunday right after the Packers and the Bears. Really, really looking forward to this. Can't wait. Really looking forward to this. So uh, if you're going down to Chicago, even if you're not going to go to the game, come on over. They have the uh, TVs in the Shy Bar or nearby. Uh, they have Shula's Steakhouse down there. They've got some other bars and restaurants in the area. But after the game, come on over and hang out with us for a few hours for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. But we're going to be live in Chicago coming up this Sunday, immediately following the Packers and the Bears. And uh, we're going to be inside the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk Hotel. Come on by and say hi. Looking forward to it. So, last hour, for those that, uh, and, and welcome to all of you that are now joining us on the network. We appreciate that. Um, the last hour, uh, we got Kevin Fishbane from uh, down in Chicago covering the Bears for the Athletic, and it looks like Justin Fields is going to play. The, the question that I have is these two teams now effort towards one another this weekend. When you look at the standings, and, and it's December 1st. The Packers have four wins and eight losses. Four wins and eight losses. 
What went so horrifically wrong? You know, what went so wrong? Because, you know, as we talked about, the old adage is, you are what your record says you are. Is this team really a 4-8 and eight team? Now, I think we were completely misled when it came to the weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard, nah. No, I'm sorry. This whole thing about Al Lazard's a good route runner. But there is, and I said it before, I'll say it again. I bought in, like, like when we kept hearing Aaron Rodgers praise him and talk about him, and I'm buying in, and I'm like, yo, okay. Okay, he's ready to step in. And, and your eyes tell you different. There's nothing dynamic there. Good route runner, good hands. You know, you know where he's going to be. But as far as the technique and the ability and the, the speed and the leaping and such, it, there's nothing dynamic there. He's a guy. Sammy Watkins is a guy that used to be a guy. He's not even that anymore. And at least if you've seen some of the routes he's run and some of the indicators he's looked at, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say between him and Aaron Rodgers, somebody's not getting it right. And he's certainly not on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. And if you don't know where the hell he's going to go, then you, you can't throw it to him. Randall Cobb, I think, has had a pretty good season. But like I said before, I'll say it again. Like Puxatawney Phil comes out every year to see his shadow, you know Randall Cobb is going to get hurt. You just know it. Then you got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Torre. Not a bad start for these guys, but you can't you can't carry these guys. These guys can't carry this team. They they you're hurting. It was it was a woeful misstep by management when it came to the weaponry of the Green Bay Packers. You finally got David Bakhtiari back. Elton Jenkins. He has not had a good season, admittedly, and usually it's the season after you come back from an ACL injury that you actually go back to being pretty much into your complete form. So you look for Elton Jenkins to be better. David Bakhtiari, when he's played, and now that he is playing consistently, he's been really good. He's been back to being David Bakhtiari. He's been good. Josh Myers has had his moments of ineptitude, but for the most part has been solid. John Runyon, pretty solid. Josh Nyman, took him a while to get acclimated to the right tackle position, but he's been pretty solid. Robert Tanyan is Robert Tanyan. He's going to be a pass catcher. He's going to get open every now and then. He brings enthusiasm. He brings a joy to Aaron Rodgers. Mercedes Lewis is, is non-existent, non-existent on this team. And then the backs are what we thought they were. You know, that's it. That's kind of the assessment of the offense. You know, you can nitpick offensive line here and there, and guys have had missteps, guys have gotten blown up, absolutely. I don't disagree with that. Look at, look at what happened against the Giants, the Jets, uh, the Commanders. Those three games alone, they got blown up. You read some of the pro football focus rankings. Josh Meyer ranks as one of the lowest rated centers in the league. So, yeah, they, they've got some issues, no doubt. Then you go to the defense, and you think, okay, they picked up. They, they brought back, you know, and signed Devondre Campbell. Quay Walker, 
Devontae Wyatt, they're rookies. You know, you're going to run around. You're going to make some plays. You're going to show off some of your wares and your athleticism. But, but as far as becoming a honed defender in the National Football League, it very rarely happens to a rookie. It takes a while defensively to a rookie. Kenny Clark is Kenny Clark, but even he's had uh, somewhat of a, a regression, mainly for the fact that once Rashawn Gary went down, there's nobody on the front to double team anymore. Preston Smith, who traditionally goes up and down, he's up and down. He's on the down cycle. Next year, you expect him to be on the up cycle. Dean Lowry is at best a dude. That's it. That's it. He'll put, he'll give you a few statistics here or there, but he's at best a dude. Jerron Reed, eh. He didn't really fortify much. TJ Slayton, he's just a big body. A big 325, 340-pound body, somewhere in there. Jonathan Ford hasn't done much of anything. Angabari, yeah, he's he's been impressive as a fifth-round draft choice. Hell yeah. He's giving you some quality snaps. I think Isaiah McDuffie has has looked solid at times, but you know when you when you got Jair back, you're like, man, pay Jair. He's one of the best cover corners there is. Stokes Stokes did a great job last year. Oh my God, he's so good. This is going to be the best secondary in all of Na- in all the National Football League. Then you got Darnell Savage. You got uh, Rasul Douglas. You've got Adrian Amos back there. Boy, this is just amazing. This is going to be great. And it it just hasn't turned out that way. Just hadn't turned out that way. Special teams have been somewhat better. I think we can all agree upon that. It took them way too long to say Amari Rogers sucks. I don't know why it is that we can see it, and they can't, but okay. So what went so horrifically wrong? The talent or the coaching? I think that while, you know, Mo Drayton blasted out of here, but it took him a week to get it, um, but they've done this due diligence to keep guys around to keep them in the system to hire from within i I, you can't do that anymore you got to bring in an outside d coordinator um the inspiration in front of a camera has been lackluster from matt lafleur who has at times gotten upset with questions legitimate questions about his team and or coaching staff when it's like that you can't get mad that we're asking this question i mean you know, after after the media got duped into the whole immunization versus vaccination, my thumb is hurt as opposed to broke thing, stop. You've lost all credibility when it comes to us asking additional questions. So, and I appreciate the fact that they do stand up there and take questions in a, in a long, free-form style of press conference. But there, there's, there's not much to hang on to. There's not a lot of energy. When you're losing, there's not energy anyway. But... You know, even during the season, even starting off the season, yeah, you got a few games where guys are flying around, but man, it just you know, it it it's it's been it's been bad. It's been lackluster, and I think it starts with the catering to Aaron Rodgers. I think it starts with Aaron himself. Uh, it, it's been a trickle down effect for a head coach that looks as if he's catering to the quarterback and not vice versa. Uh, a front office that has tried to make peace with that guy. They were put in a they put themselves in a very awkward position. This has been a mess ever since Jordan Love was drafted. You talk about throwing a monkey wrench into an organization. It was just it was a bad decision. It's a bad decision. He may turn out to be fantastic, who knows, but it was a bad decision and the timing of it was brutal.
It really, really, really did just mess things up. So there's a lot of blame to go around for how this team got here. Now you have to ask yourself, how really good is this team talent-wise? How good are they? Are they uh, a team that can rebound like next year? You bring in a different D coordinator. You add a couple of veteran pieces. Maybe you shift a few guys around, and all of a sudden you're off and running. It can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's coming back next year with something to prove. And I hope they're led by their quarterback. But how good are they? Is this team lacking talent? Is it coaching? Is it front office? If you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and point a finger, where are you pointing the finger? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I'd love to know. I, I I would love to know what your thoughts are in this season. Because, I mean, we can obviously look at Joe Barry and say, uh, I haven't gotten it. Um, I think you're you're bad. I think your lack of aggressiveness is has rubbed off on your defenders. And I, I, I just I, I, I think it's a bad system. I think it's I think he's a bad defensive coordinator. I think it's a bad system. Just do. But I would love to know what your thoughts are. Eight seven seven. Eight six seven sixteen seventy, hit us up. Uh, this is from uh, this is from Kathy. Kathy says, uh, number one, head coach. It all trickles down from him. He has to take responsibility, and he keeps denying responsibility. Yes, he says he has to coach better, but does that mean just coaching X's and O's, or actually being a leader of men? He doesn't seem like a leader of men. TJ says, have to point the finger at Joe Barry. His defense has sucked, put a lot of pressure on an offense that couldn't take the pressure because of the lack of weapons. They were the they were the unit that was supposed to help us win games, and instead they have failed. John says, uh, I look at Matt LaFleur. I listen to him speak. He doesn't inspire any kind of enthusiasm for me as a fan. It's time to change leadership. Eric says, the talent on the field is awful. Got to go with Gutekinst, and I agree with you. His pick of Jordan Love, while Love may turn out to be an all-pro, was horrible and the timing of it was bad and he blew up this franchise. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Also, you lost a couple of key components too, don't forget. Luke Getzey, Nathaniel Hackett, which kind of jostled some guys around, don't forget. Moved players around, or moved coaches around. So, you know, obviously ben, uh, Butkus, Stenovich, those guys moved positions as well. Bringing back Tom Clements played into that. So there's been some cha- face changes on the coaching staff. But uh, I want to get your thoughts. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, if you're looking to get a new home or maybe a, a fast pre-approval, and don't let the interest rates deter you because they're going to come back down. Okay? So you buy a home now. You pay a high interest rate for the first year. After that, they start to come back down. You can continually refi. Um, my buddy Scott Ellis at Homeside Financial, scottellisteam.com. That's scottellisteam.com. Good guy. Uh, all you got to do is give him a call, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. And if you've got credit score issues, no problem. If you've got issues trying to kind of refinance your house, Absolutely. Get a hold of him. When I was uh, refinancing the my house here, he was the guy that I went to. Got divorced. Some things changed. I said, Scott, give me a hand. Help me out here. He walked me through the process, and it was great. And it was simple, and it was easy, and it was done. Not once, but twice. 
So I'm telling you, if you're looking for a good guy to go to, a guy that just he answers the phone, he answers your text, he's right back on it, that's our buddy Scott Ellis from Homeside Financial. Give him a call again, 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. Always available, and he'll get you the best rate possible. And when it's time to refi, he'll also get you done that way as well. That's our buddy Scott Ellis and Homeside Financial. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.